You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Welcome to episode 10. Yes, we're in double figures of The Co Show, your 30-minute chat show on cross-generational matters between daddy and daughter, myself Big Tone and Little Tone. How are you today? How are you today, Tony? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. It's a very special day. You've got to be nice to me today. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day, dear Big Tone. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. (laughs) On the day that fathers were birthed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel happy today. I've had a lot of love. Thank you. So episode nine last week uh, got quite a bit of feedback again. Um, Kathy, I'm upsetting, I'm upsetting everyone. <laughs> yeah, mostly the, you're upsetting the wrinklies. I'm not really getting much uh, much feedback that I'm seeing from y- your crowd. No, they're probably all hiding. Are they hiding? No, they all know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but they should be part of your education education of dad program, shouldn't they? Because no, they'll enter into battle and then the wrinklies will will lose. No, no, we won't. We're we're robust people with lots of experience and wisdom. Anyway, Kathy from Chichester said that she she thought she and her husband Simon were left wing until they heard you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, well, as in they think that I'm more radical than them, or they think I'm ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I leave it to your interpretation. But they did say they love listening to us, so that was nice, wasn't it? Uh, Roberto from Toronto, Canada, suggested we have Boris on the show. I'm not going to um, listen to that guy. <laughs> I think he gets enough airtime, don't you? Leave my friend alone. He's nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, the, t- the working title that I've given to this week's episode, we'll see wh- how it develops. We might change this, but I, the, the um, title I've given it is Fat Cat Salaries, and it comes from something that you said on last week's episode, which really impacted me, and I, I thought about it. I, I can't remember exactly why we got onto the subject, but we talked about some uh, leader of the council, I think, in, I think you said in Brighton, uh, that you deal with in connection with your music uh, charity work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you said he earns 125000 a year and you, you got quite excited and said that you couldn't imagine ever earning that kind of amount of money. And actually it was said, if you don't mind my saying so, in a rather accusatory way i don't mind you saying that it was definitely accusatory okay well better pronunciation (laughs) Um, (laughs) so just tell me can you sort of put a bit more flesh on that so that we can perhaps go somewhere with that um yeah i mean i guess i've never earned more than 25k i've kind of bounced between 12 and 25 
all of my adult life. Um, and um, the idea of someone earning that kind of money just sounds crazy to me. I can't even imagine earning that kind of money and what the, what kind of a lifestyle that would mean for, for my family. Obviously, you're my family, but I, I'm, I mean, like me and Tom, I don't know what that would mean for us to have that kind of an income because uh, we're both on pretty, you know, pretty um, similar salaries, I'd say. He has a higher earning potential than me because he because his craft means that he can earn more in a day than I can. Um, but at the end of the year, we end up sort of on the same yeah, same area salary-wise. Well, since you've mentioned Tom and his skill, I do want to give a big shout-out to Tom because he, uh, you know, he, he, he finishes our episode for us um, each week. And this week, or rather last week for the first time for episode nine, um, he, did a, he, he did a video of it as well because, of course, we see each other when we have these conversations because it makes it uh, more real when, by doing that, um, gives us a better connection better human connection by doing that but uh, we, we will be on YouTube now so you'll be able to see us folks as well as hear us so big see shout out <laughs> big shout out to Tom thank you Tom yeah um, well I, it, it uh, of course the salary the person that you were talking about is working for local government mm-hmm. I think I commented on the time that that's the sort of going rate for that sort of thing um, but it, it's a very different thing when you're, when you're running your, when people are running their own business. I mean, you know, you know that from, for instance, Mindy, your, your youngest sister and, and, uh, your older sister, Tracy, who both run their own businesses at, as a, I've always worked, run my own business and have never worked for a, an employer as such. Um, and you tend in those circumstances, you tend actually to work for, quite small amounts of money um, except in those those times when you're able to make you know good margins because you have a project that there is a good margin on and then you know you you find that you're in a, in a much better position but your income is all over the place when you mm. run your own business and of course the, the the vast majority of of contributors to the growth and wealth of our economy are in fact tiny businesses Mm. Um, and I myself have very big concerns about the sorts of salaries that people earn Uh, not not only you know government things because of course all all the government jobs are drains on the economy um and that's not to be disparaging. It's just a fact. You know, they're, they're, they're taking money away, which has to be earned by other people. Uh, which is why I'm a believer in small government. Um, and I'm a believer in the freedoms of the individual. Uh, and one of the benefits, one of the huge benefits of running your own business um, and, and in a way, you're getting a glimpse of that now, aren't you, to a certain extent, because you really are running at the moment while you're furloughed. You're, you're, you're in effect, running your own business. No, I'm definitely not getting a glimpse of it. I've worked for independent businesses for the last 10 years. And before that, I worked for Tracy, who is a tiny business. Sure. So- I, me- I meant, sorry, I meant from the point of view of you are 
you're not really working for anybody in the sense of being employed now, right? Well, I'm still in the furlough scheme. No, no, I, I know that. But I mean, the, the actual charity work that you're doing is freelance, right? Freelance. Yeah. So that... this isn't the first time that I've been freelance. I've done lots of freelance work over the years. And, and it has been my sole income at times. Okay. Well, so I, do, I mean, I do understand. I, I, at the moment, we don't disagree on anything. I, I totally um, agree that what small businesses contribute is, is, is huge. And, um, and actually, with regards to COVID-19, it's small businesses that have got hit the hardest. Um, and... Um, Slurp of coffee, sorry. Yeah. Obviously, the peaks and troughs with income as well. There are massive peaks and troughs. Like, I, I sometimes get a bit cross with Tom because I'm like, it's so unfair that your work is valued so much higher than mine. I work so hard and the, the amount of money I can make in a day versus what he can make is, is just the, 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 the difference is huge. Um, and that uh, it doesn't seem fair to me. Um, which is a bit silly, really, because we we obviously share money, but um, so it doesn't matter that he earns more than I do. But I think it's more of a a sense of uh, pride or independence or something that makes me feel like it's not fair because I think that my work is is very um, what's the word, Dad? Valuable. Specialist. I think it's specialist. Oh yeah, sure. So I don't understand why it's so uh, so valued as, as so badly, really. Um, I can't remember what I was well, going to say. It might oh, be. Obviously. It might. Sorry. It, it it might be that you're in that in your space. There's a lot of competition. For instance, I I I would put your role down as communications, really. Um, that's not what I do at all. My job isn't communications at all. Okay. Well, I mean, for instance, you've last week at the beginning of the show, you told us that you saved Scotland. Have you saved any other countries recently in this week? I didn't say save Scotland. I said I was working on saving Scottish venues. Knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I saved Scotland. Well, not I, that, that was my short. That was my shorthand. Um, but I mean, like, I'm not talking about um, the freelance work I've been doing. I, I my job is. Well, in neither of them, it's not it's not communications. I'm not a comms person. What my are work, you then? What do you my, do? my work is programming and production, so that is creating content essentially, whether that's live content or whether it's virtual content. It's creating shows. I I, uh, I create shows, and then I have to promote and I promote them. Okay, well, I would, I would say a big element of that is communication, but we can, you know, we can... We don't I think that, that communication makes it sound like it's some kind of um, customer service role, and that's not what it is at no, all. No, no, I don't regard it's customer service. It's much more like marketing, really. I don't regard customer service um, as really much in the way of communication, in the way that I mean. I mean that you're, you're very good at messaging. I mean, you're, you're articulate both orally and and in writing you know and i think that that's um to me that's a massive part of your of your but that's work. creative copy which is slow it's completely different creative copy is you know it's much more like english literature rather than okay but so why why is it then why do you think the reason is that tom is able to command a higher income than you um 
I think, well, his field, he's, he's definitely, it is a specialist area and he's also exceptionally good at what he does. I mean, he is way more talented than I am. Um, and I'm not, not just saying that he is genuinely, uh, talented at way more things than I am and, and, and much more professional. Um, but I think it's because, I think it's because, uh, there are lots and lots of people that would do what I do for a lot less money. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. So I guess it is competition. Yeah. I'm not sure. I wouldn't say competition in a way that there are a lot of people that do it well, but I think there's, there are a lot of people that could do it and would do it for like minimum wage. Right. Um, It's what I would. Commoditization is really um, how I would refer to that. I don't know if you've heard that expression, but you know, you know, once, in a way, we've suffered from that. I mean, you know, when we first started in in our business, in the business of relocating um, corporate executives internationally, we were like one of a very small band of businesses that did that. Um, but now, you know, we're ten a penny, really, which which makes us a commodity, which means that we come down to doing not little else but competing on price. And once you're doing nothing else but competing on price, um, then that is only going to be, you know, your price is only ever going to be beaten down successively. Mm. But, you know, I do have concerns about the amount of money that people are paid and and not only in the civil service, not only in government, but also in corporations. Um, You know, I, I, these, these fat cats that are are working uh, as corporate executives. um, And I, and I single out British Airways because uh, I have a particular beef with them at the moment because they can't refund, you know, nearly £6,000 worth of flight, uh, fare, flight fares that where they cancel the flight and they may come up with all kinds of ridiculous excuses. But you've got, I mean, those, those decisions are not made by the staff. Those uh, as such, those are made at executive level um, by these people who are in their ivory towers earning fantastic amounts of money and I can, you can sort of bet your life that if that business goes down, which it might, which it might, you can bet your life that those corporate executives will make sure that they feather their nests before they let, let the company go to the wall or they'll move on in some other kind of guise. There's just a, there is a hierarchy because you're looking at those people like that and someone like me is looking at someone like you like that. You know, I, I look, I would look up to you and go, well, you, you know, you've, how on earth have you spent £6,000 on a flight? I could never afford that. I could never afford to, to spend £6,000 on a flight. And yeah, yeah but I'm six, and, I'm, I'm in my mid sixties. No, but you probably, you know, you probably were earning, your earning capacity at my age was probably still a lot higher than mine is now comparatively. You know, you were able to buy a house. I mean, actually, housing is not a good thing to talk about because obviously houses were way cheaper when you bought them. But I mean, and the the other thing is, is that there are going to be people, not below me, but people that earn even less than I do that look at me and go, 
you've got a house, you've got a dog, you've yeah, got sure. married, you've had a wedding. And um, I mean, and, and while we're talking about, the, you know, we're having this conversation, it seems really important to consider the fact that we are also hugely privileged and there are people out there that have even less than us that look always, us in the same way. There no, will always be people scary. that will earn more and there will always be people who earn less. Yeah, but, that, but what, what's scary is that it, it is the people that are on minimum wage, on zero-hour contracts, who are fighting each month to pay their rent or to feed their children. I mean, the poverty in this country is, is crazy. And then, you, you know, we're talking about the top percentage of the country who are, who are earning several hundred grand a year. I mean, like, well, like several this million, said about yeah. the, Several uh, million a year. Okay, million a year, but the, yeah. you know that's that's what we're talking about—the disparity between huge wealth and poverty in the UK. It's such, there's such a huge margin, uh, and yeah, it's just. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I'm not. I'm so let let's let's boil this down. No, yeah, not disagreeing on that. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. It's wrong. Uh, in, in in to my mind, it's wrong that there should be people. Who who can't put who can't afford to put a roof over their head or feed feed and clothe themselves and their children and their families, that's wrong. And society and it it's, and it's more wrong in circumstances where some people have a plane and a boat and a you know a, or, or they're painting their plane several houses and you know or they're paint you know painted their plane for nine hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Your mate Boris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't support that decision. It's utterly ridiculous to think that it's going to make the slightest difference whether he arrives for a trade negotiation in a plane that is liveried with the Union Jack. I mean, come on. But anyway, um, I, I think that I think it's wrong to have that those huge. Well, it's wrong to have people earning ridiculously high amounts of money. I I can't support that and. And, you know, even though I lean to the right, I think there has to be, I think, I believe some countries have caps, don't they? On, you know, maybe some European countries where there are rules about the amount that the top person can earn, how many times the salary of the bottom person. That's really interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. I think I believe there is. Um, maybe a Scandinavian, one or more Scandinavian countries have that kind of um, situation in place. Another thing, I, I, a few years ago, we visited Finland for the first time and actually the only time I've never been back. And we were in a taxi and the, I was asking the taxi driver about, you know, the because it's a very clean place. Um, and I was asking him about life there, and he he was saying that they don't allow people to sleep rough. You know, I mean, not not that they kick them out or anything. They just, they simply make sure they have somewhere to stay and that they have you know a reasonable amount, and they don't and they don't have unemployment at all. Really, um, I don't know whether Maybe. the situation has changed, but that impacted me. And the, this is these sort of characteristics. It seems to me ought to be in any civilized society. Mm. Um, you know, and I look over well, my experience of of living in the United States, and you see people there who can't afford to have medical care and can't go to the dentist, and 
you know and, and or they it, get or they have cancer and they get completely they become bankrupted by the the medical care that yes they it, it, i believe i'm right in saying that the leading cause of forfeiture um in the um in the united states is or, or the leading people who cause forfeiture are hospitals because they they take you know a charge over the person's property and then end up having to sell it in order to pay um you know the absurd medical cost that they charge there so i mean th that seems to me to be utterly unacceptable so i think we're we're kind of on the same side on that at the same time i, I you know i do think that we need to have the freedom to be able to paddle our own canoe make, you know uh, run our businesses one of the things, although I've never really earned a great deal of money, um, you know, I've very much valued the ability to be able to spend my time as I like, you know, so that I, I, I'm not beholden to, to a boss. I mean, that's been very important to me throughout my career. Um, and I would value that. I, I can remember once I had this, I had this negotiation to do um, where I was, uh, where I was talking to corporate, I was negotiating with corporate executives, um, and uh, they congratulated me at the end of it on you know what I'd achieved in the negotiation for my side, as it were. But at the same time, they said, you know, Tony, you're wasted in that little company. I, they didn't really realise that it was my company. I don't think, but you know, you're wasted in that little company. You should come and work for us. And I thought, I didn't say it to them, but I thought, I can't think of anything worse. And I mean, I would have earned a lot of money. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I would have earned a lot of money, but it wouldn't have been the kind of life I wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say about my job. I mean, there are obviously, there are huge benefits to working in a small creative company um, that, that in some ways outweigh money, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, out of, you know, the difference between um, what we're talking about, people that work for companies with lots of money and me that earns less money but works in a creative independent is, um, you know, like there, there are loads of benefits in terms of like what, you know, I can go to free shows all over the country. I have loads of friends. I mean, I don't know any other job where you would have this many friends apart from one where you're part of a community. Um, like lo lots of things. So, sure. so even though I haven't ever had lots of money, I've, my life has been rich with lots of, lots of different things. And that is still worth it in my opinion. Um, so I think it's easier to say now, now that I'm a bit older, I think it's easier to say that, it's it's all been worth it in the end, and I think that the thing, yeah, uh, I think that the thing that, that I like about what's happening in a way is is that uh, people are, are seeing the benefits now of being able to not commute, work from home, um, and spend more time with their families and with their partners, uh, and certainly from. My own experience, I, I you know, I, I, as you well know, I commuted every day. I spent, you know, I, I was 
separated from my family for many, many, many years, leaving early in the morning to fight my way through London traffic and then getting back sometimes eight or nine o'clock at night in the evening for, as I say, many, many years. Um, and that is very damaging to family life. And what, yeah. I'm, what I'm seeing now is a complete change coming about. And, and people, particularly fathers, I would say, um, but it applies both to both parents, of course, but uh, being able now to spend time proper time with their children, seeing their children grow, grow up. I mean, you know, I missed... Play with their children as well. Play with their children, you know. Children, I mean, it's a, unfortunately, I, I guess I realised it too late, but I mean, just sit, being able to be with your children as they you know, take their first steps and say their first words and think, you know, th those are beautiful moments. Uh, and yet we waste so much time traveling to and fro every every day. And, uh, you know, so I, I really like, I think some really good positive things are happening at the moment. Um, and I see that, of course, with, 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 with your oldest sister, Tracy, and her life and being able to run a, a business from home and, and be with her partner and be with her children. I think it's fantastic. At the same time, I see an awful danger coming. And um, it's really been coming, I think, since around the late 1980s, you know, when the internet first came. Mm. And, and that is the next revolution, the last one being the Industrial Revolution, which changed so much. Uh, the next revolution being the artificial intelligence revolution um, and the rise of the machines. Because the internet, the, the advent of the internet has brought about, speaking as a business person, uh, has brought about a squeezing of profit margins in a huge way. It's been gradual, but it's sped up and it's continuing. There's a downward pressure on costs. There's a downward pressure on pricing. And this is going to accelerate exponentially as the machines take over and take jobs. They're going to take jobs and we're going to have to find a solution, don't you think? I don't think that that's really relevant to my career. I mean, sorry to make it about me, but I, I can only really um, relate it to my own experience and perform it, every area of what I do. It can't really be replicated by a machine. You might be surprised. No, you can't get performances from machines that, I mean, people like live music because they like that human experience. They like that intimacy and they like that. They like the fact that performance isn't perfect. You no, know, no, I, like I, I accept, I accept all that. And perhaps we shouldn't personalize this. I'm talking about society no, as a whole. I get, I get what you're saying in terms of other areas, obviously like, artificial intelligence is is removing lots of uh, it has been removing jobs for years i mean even just um self checkouts at, at supermarkets yep. and um same with cinemas and you know i mean it's it's already replacing people in terms of jobs but but not I, only low paid jobs either i mean it's 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 removing jobs in the legal profession in the accountancy profession 
and it's going to have a big Im- impact even on the medical profession. Uh, I'm not worried. I think that people are incredible at innovating and progressing and adapting to change. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear you say that. But I, I, I fear that it's going to be much more far-reaching than that. And I think that... It'd be great if the, if, the, if the artificial intelligence can work out a bloody vaccination. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, we, certainly, <laughs> we certainly need that. Um, yeah, I think that we're... I think the COVID thing has got a long way to go, unfortunately. I think it's going to impact our lives for a number of years. Uh, as long as it doesn't all become like super terminator and uh the ai starts to take over and we're all go have to be forced underground you know well that's a real fear i mean you know i know it sounds sort of sci-fi and uh, i loved the terminator films by the way as you know but um people like uh, elon musk um and um who was that the guy that died who was in the wheelchair the great scientist Steve, Stephen Hawkins. Yeah, they were both absolutely terrified uh, by, the, by the potential that artificial intelligence has. You know, its ability to learn so fast, to learn vast amounts of knowledge so, so fast. And, of course, it write its own software, write mm. its own updates, um, independent of any human intervention. When that happens... You know, and of course, it, it it runs a lot of the defense systems that that, uh, that protect us. Yeah, terrifying. So, you know, there are some real, real scary things that can... Well, we will be our own demise, the human race. I mean, there's, like, like we've said before, um, Ricky Gervais' words, we are, we are apes with brains the size of planets. <laughs> yeah. So it's bound to all go wrong at some point. <laughs> okay. Um that's true. I think that's so apt, isn't it? It, it is very, very apt. I love Ricky. Use ninety percent of our brains. So anyway, yeah. difficult to believe, Tony. But we are at the end of our time together again. <laughs> um, so to our dear <laughs> listeners, <laughs> to our dear listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, you will be able to see us on YouTube if you really want to. Uh, as soon as we get that going, which should be by the time you hear this. So we'll give you those details. If you want to catch up on our previous episodes, remember this was a podcast started in lockdown. The idea evolved from that. Um, and you'll see us, you can hear us from the beginning of our podcast journey if you go to www.tonycotonyco.com. That will take you straight to our buzz sprout uh, podcast platform and you can tweet us at co show podcast at co show podcast thank you for listening take good care of yourselves remember to seize the precious present thank you bye from me and bye from little tone <laughs> <laughs>